Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sitting with Sean, episode number 13. This morning, I got a pretty interesting guest. Her name is Miss Rachel Fletcher. How you doing, Rachel? Yes. Hi. How's it going? Great. Great. Yes. Man, it's super, super early in the morning. Well, it wouldn't be early in the morning for a lot of people, but for me, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning, man. Oh, my God. That's not early. Well, yeah, I know, I know, but you know, retired life, that's early for yeah, me, okay? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep, yep, so uh, Rachel, would you like to give a formal introduction of yourself? Yeah, um, okay, so my name's Rachel Fletcher, I am in recovery, I met Sean through TikTok, which is cool, he reached out to me, I do a lot of things, Should I talk about what I do right now? We'll get on to that. We'll get into we that. Can get on, we can get into it. But yeah, that's it for now. All right. So yeah, like yeah. Rachel said, I met her on TikTok. I seen her page pop up and she does rock climbing. And to me, that's a little bit out there, you know, because <laughs> like it's an extreme sport, right? And yes. so so I seen she had an Instagram. I was like, boom. And then it said recovery. And I was like, huh, okay. So for me in this venture in my life, if I see recovery pop up, I'm like, I got to talk to that person. I said this to Rachel before. I said, I got to talk to that person. That person has a story. Um, and uh, so I reached out to her and she was like, yeah, let's do this. I was like, what? Was Is so that easy? Like, I was so about to it, about it. Yeah. I love talking. Yeah. yeah. I love just meeting people in general. It's cool. Yeah. I yeah, I believe everyone has a story, you know, and 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 I like to hear people's stories, um, and, and and where they've been, where they're going, and, and that's that's uh, that's very important to me, you know. Everybody's got a voice, so you know, so shout it from the mount the mountaintops is mountaintops rock climber. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I could tell your dad from that joke that you just. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Yeah, it yeah, came um, out. yeah. It came out there. I'm a terrible, I, I'm, I'm terrible at dad jokes. Like no joke. That's the first dad joke that I've told in a very long time. Wow. Thank yeah. You yeah. Me. That was good. <laughs> I'm happy yeah. to be here for it. <laughs> no, my, uh, so, so whenever I go live on TikTok, people are like, oh, you got a dad joke. And I'm like, no. Did I? Got, yeah. Yeah. The they you put me on the spot. Them. You should secretly work on it and then just I, impress them. Yeah, I should. I should. Uh, you know, I, I go live and I cook dinner and I, you know, we listen to music. I have this oh, whole like gym, gym playlist. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So like, so, you know, I try and bring some entertainment into people's lives and because my time zone is different than everybody else's. So they're getting That's prepped for true. dinner or they're getting prepped to go to bed and I'm cooking dinner and they're like, dude, why is it so bright outside? I was like, because I live in Alaska. <laughs> I Don't know, be judgmental. That was one of the things I was like, I don't think I have any friends from Alaska. So now I do. Now, now you do. Now you do. Now I do. Yeah. So the dad jokes are absolutely terrible. Like uh, for Father's Day, I went on my buddy, one of my buddies podcast and he was like, oh, dad jokes. I'm like, dude, no, I'm terrible <laughs> at dad jokes. Don't even ask me. Not happening. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it, actually that podcast went a whole completely different direction. But that's it's not for right now. So. <laughs> Rachel, uh, yes. would you like to tell us a little bit about what it was like in your active addiction? Ooh, yes, I will. But, um, man, what it was like my active addiction. Well, I'm five years sober. My sobriety date was is March 27th, 2017. 
just like crazy. Every time I say that, because I, I remember when I first got sober and I met people that had five years, they, I thought they were like, I don't know. I just thought they were like untouchable gods to me. Like they were just mythical unicorn creatures that like I would never have that. I thought that when you got five years, then you could like levitate things off the ground or something, you know? Like You got superpowers. I thought you got superpowers, you know? <laughs> so like when I say that out loud, I'm like, holy cow, I'm here and I'm not levitating things off the ground. What the hell? I've been misled. But um, man, so now now when I talk about where what happened, it's like I'm going back a little bit. So I um I started getting high when I was 18 which is like kind of weird i grew up in a very broken home um my dad was one of us he was an alcoholic addict he did aa he had like the story is is that he had like seven years which is like uh, incredible and then relapsed went way off the deep end struggled with like mental health and delusions and he ended up taking his own life when i was like five years old so that was like my I think that from like, I've done a lot of trauma work since then. So from like your light, your childhood is so influential on like how you view yourself in the world, right? So like mm -hmm. the one person that's supposed to like put on this earth to love me, my parent decided to just not exist anymore. It's a self-choice, right? So like, what does that instill in me? That instills that I'm not worth sticking around for. I'm not worth being loved. Um, the abandonment issues are there, right? And my mom did the best that she could, but you know, it was just hard. Um, we were really, really religious. Um, and that worked for me for a while. But I remember when I was 18, and my mom was really sheltering of me. So she like, I, my mom's not an alcoholic, but I've never seen her drink. Like, so she's very, like, she hates alcohol. She thinks it's, like, it ruined our family. So when I turned 18 and I had freedom, I remember I was invited to my first party, like, as an adult. And I could do that. And I went to a party, and I am that true blue alcoholic. Like, I literally drank for the first time, and I blacked out. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. Like, the first time. And, like, I... It was so weird because like I woke up the next day and like even I can remember some of the feelings while I'm like drinking for the first time. It was like, holy crap, everything that I've been searching for, this like lack of love that I'm missing for my dad, this like broken home, all these things I feel like like a hole in my heart felt full from that drink. Yep. Like I yep. just felt great, you know, and I was like, this is it. This is like what I need to like fix me. And so I used from 18 to 24, but um, Chewy, my dog's crying a little bit. He's got <laughs> emotional attachment issues. Come here, buddy. Um, so as like uh, they say, the disease is progressive. My disease progressed. I went from alcohol to, you know, using Adderall to like moving on to stronger substances. And then when I was about 22, I was like a full blown heroin addict, which is like really strange. Cause if you looked at my like family, other than like the family history with my dad, my mom is just like wonderful Christian lady. So like yeah. 
So it's just like a really strange thing that like, oh, that's Rachel that I grew up with in church. And now she's like on heroin. She's homeless. Yeah. Um, and my life for about a year was waking up, being really dope sick, doing pretty much everything that I said I would never do to get the drugs that I need. And then going to sleep and then waking up and doing it all over again. And I was just a slave and in this vicious cycle of misery, you know, and it wasn't fun anymore. Um, I did go to treatment for the first time when I was 23. Um, I had saw someone that was close to me. I used to get high with overdose. And I, I actually like, it's like, um, it's a miracle, but I gave him mouth to mouth and I put him in the bathtub and turned the water on because I, all that in a movie like I didn't have education yeah on like what to do like I didn't know about Narcan or anything like that but he lived which is incredible so wow. it terrified me I was like I'm gonna die if I don't get together so I went to treatment and when I was in treatment you know it was just like a really safe place and it felt really good and I really thought I was like cured yeah. You know, and then I got out and I didn't take any of the suggestions for like aftercare whatsoever. And I relapsed and then my relapse just got so dark. There was no like period of like having fun and then it going bad. It was just immediately from like being sober to being the worst. Yeah. And I used for, I think like another eight months until I... Yeah, I, I went to detox again in March. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. That's that's where that's where what happened. That's how I ended up to where I am now. I can crazy. relate. I can relate to that feeling. Oh yeah, yeah. I can we you're, all like our stories are different, yeah. but the feelings are the same. Yeah, yeah. Like your your story kind of like mirrors mine in a little bit, um, or for you know a little bit, you know. Uh, when I got 18, I was free into the world. I, I used to live under an iron thumb of my dad. I, you know, I talked a little bit about that prior to recording. Um, you know, I used to live under the iron thumb of my dad. And then when I joined the army and I got free, I was like, huh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I lived in Italy. There's no drinking age. So I was just like, let's go. And uh, my first my first sip of alcohol. Um, I, I, I feel like, like I was addicted right off the bat. Boom. Immediately. And Immediately. the military loves alcohol. I've oh yeah. With a lot of veterans now I've done veteran programs and stuff. Yeah. I said this in another recording that I in was doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's embedded in the culture. It's, mm -hmm. it, they get you addicted and then they, they have a lackluster program to help get you sober and then nothing. And so yeah. if you, if you do it's something while you're, yeah, if you do something while, the, while you're under the influence, uh, you get in trouble, but it's like, it, it, it's like a terrible parent. Like I, I'll say that it's like a terrible parent, like, like do as I say, not as I do, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so yeah, that's, that's really where everything kicked off for me. And I was just like, man, I, I, you know, I love getting hammered drunk. I hate waking up with the hangover, but I love it. And then yeah. I started, none of my consequences mattered. Like no, no, no. It was like, it was like, oh, you're going to, you're going to ban me from going off base. There's a shop at right down the road that sells alcohol and I can go get a bottle. Yeah. I have friends that'll supply it for me. And, uh, you know, I tested with some harder stuff and I liked the harder stuff, which is why I didn't do it. And that was while I was in the army too. Like, you know, 
um, tested with cocaine, tested with uh, hallucinogens, and I loved it. And I was like, if I like it, I'm going to get addicted. But I was already there. Yeah. I was already I was already there with alcohol and and I didn't even see it. It it snuck in so fast. And um it got to a point where like I was waking up and I was phew, right off the bat just to just to level out that hangover. Yeah, it progresses. Um, yeah. Dude, I I've, I've been I've been to to what the army would call rehab many times for things that I did and none of none of it mattered. I didn't take it seriously up until probably the last time that I was in there, but even then, like I went out and relapsed again. So, yeah. yeah and, and, and so I can relate to that feeling, um, that, that feeling of, of loving it and, and like feeling accepted. Cause I chased acceptance my whole life. Cause I didn't feel accepted. And yeah, it, you know, especially as a young kid, like, you know, um, you want the love and acceptance from, from certain parents. I know for me, it was my dad and I chased that forever. I never would get it. I mean, but now I have it. I was I I stopped looking for it. Um, but um, but you know, I searched my whole life and even even when I would come home on leave and I'd see my dad, you know, we would drink together when he was in recovery because my dad was sober for seven years and then um decided oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, I decided that that was weird. it. Yeah, I swear there's like a there's like a in life, you know, for certain things, there's there's a time frame where we get to that point where we're like, okay, that's enough. Like you, you like in marriage, you get the three, you get the three year itch. Recovery, right. you get the set, you get the seven year. Okay, there's a lot well, of people least. that go out between five and ten. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people. It, yeah, because they think complacent. that they're. Yeah, they think that they're okay and that they got it now because they got a little time under their belt. But uh, recovery is a lifelong thing. It's not just a moment in time. It's it's a lifelong thing. Hell yeah, it is. Absolutely, absolutely. So you uh, you mentioned that uh, that that uh, you went back out after getting out of rehab and, and you relapsed. What led you back into recovery? Okay, so <clears throat> I was just at a point where obviously the drugs weren't working. I was miserable, and I felt like I was I pretty much just wanted to kill myself at that point. I just didn't want to keep going, but there was this. This, this little part of me that knew, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's just like the universe or something, but there was a little part of me that had just a little bit of faith that like maybe I could change or maybe something could be different, you know? And like, it's weird. Like, have you ever heard of the phrase like happy as a pig and shit? That, like yeah. a pig isn't happy that's in shit. Yeah. It's, it's okay. all it knows. That was like so me. Like, I, like my whole life was so toxic for so long that like, I just didn't even know what like joy or like life could really be. Mm -hmm. That's why I always try to instill in people who are like, I see people, I work in treatment now, but yeah. I, I see people all the time where they, they don't even have a concept. And I wish, I wish I could box it up and, the sh and give it to them and show them like, look, your life could get so sick. You know, but you just like yeah. can't even like you can't even fathom that, you know, but um, I, yeah, I went into treatment and I, I also just like they say like the gift of desperation. I just was at the end of myself. You know, I was willing to try everything and anything and take any suggestion. I pretty much treated every person that I met in treatment as like a shaman who had their own bit of wisdom that they could give me, whether you were. 
you know, a therapist to like, just like one of the techs, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you don't have an education, but you have some experience and there's something that you have learned on your journey, you know? So I listen to everybody. Um, I hit the ground running. I went to, I, I discharged, I went to sober living. I stayed in sober living for a year and I had to like, I mean, I was getting sober at 24 and I had been getting high since I was 18. I didn't know how to live, man. Like I didn't even know how to like, I didn't know how to pay taxes. Like I never held down a real job. Like I didn't know how to be an adult. I didn't know how to be a, a contributing member of society. So like, not only did I have to like learn to get sober, but I had to like learn how to be human which was really cool and that's why i needed such structure in my life um i worked 12-step programs um with salt really really good for me i would say that like is what got me sober um my recovery looks a little bit different today i can speak on that too but um i really like it's i guess what makes my story i think like kind of different and I think that I wish that like more people like spread this is that when I got sober, I felt like I had no, like, not that I had no personality, I had no passions, I had no hobbies, right? Like, cause before you were saying that you like drank and from the morning you woke up till night, right? You probably weren't doing anything else cool, nope. right? So like when I got sober, same thing. I had no idea what I was into. And I always tell, like, especially when I'm trying to, like, mentor people in my life, you can either be really negative about this moment and be like, this sucks. Like, my best choices got me to this point where I have, like, nothing, you know? Or you can pretend that you're Julia Roberts in the movie Eat, Pray, Love and be like, I'm on my spirit journey. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's like, I know, it's so funny, but it's so true. Like, I literally convinced myself that like, this isn't like, this didn't just happen to me. This is like a choice. Like I'm making a choice to like find myself. So I started like trying tons of different things and I bought this ukulele and uh, I'd never played an instrument before. And I literally would spend a lot of my time just teaching myself the ukulele off of like YouTube. And I started writing songs, which was like incredibly therapeutic. They were all about, me getting sober and all the emotions, you know? Yeah. And I really sucked at it, honestly, like at first, because you learn anything new, you're going to be bad at it. Right. And like humans, because of the ego, we don't want to be bad at anything. Like most people won't push past the part where you have to practice to get good at something. Mm -hmm. I, I just kept doing that every single day. And within like six months, I could like rip and play songs and I was like playing open mics and I started a band and it was really cool. It opened all these doors for me to meet cool people. And also at the same time, I was like going to meetings and like working my steps and like calling support and like seeing a therapist and like doing all these things to work on being sober because I sucked also at being sober. I had never been sober. So now I'm like doing these two things at once. And within like six months of doing the same thing every day, it's like, oh, I'm not that bad at this anymore. Like I kind of, I don't really know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but like, I don't like, I think within six months, I wasn't like, just like white knuckling it. Like I need to get high, you know? And then from there, it just 
kind of took off, which is really cool. So that's yeah. like one of the big components of like what helped me yeah. get sober. Yeah. I I can relate to the gift gift of uh, desperation too. Um, yeah. yeah. I looked at people that were in the program that I was in. Um, and generally it's anywhere from a nine to 18 month program. And um, I looked at them and I said, I don't care if you got in yesterday or if you got in uh, uh, 18 months ago, I want what you got. And, yeah. and I was like, I, I, I was ready to absorb Maybe everything. They had it though. There was a little part of me was like, is this real? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and in the program I was in, we, uh, it, it was all court related. So you had, you know, benchmarks that you had to make. You had, you know, court dates that you had to make. That's like a hardcore program. Probably. It is. It is. It, it's really structured. And if you don't meet, if you don't meet those benchmarks, well, if, if you miss an appointment, if you, uh, mm -hmm. if you're not accountable, if you don't turn in your logs, you, you get in trouble. There's some real consequences behind it. You know, I've seen people go to jail. I've seen people get kicked out of our program because they didn't, they weren't meeting the requirements. And, and I was like, I don't know. I, I need, I need to be here. There's a reason I'm here. That's and, awesome um, that you completed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and in that time, actually you were talking about playing the ukulele and dude, that's it, crazy. Like how, how much ours relate, you know, uh, I, I was in music therapy, um, prior to being in the program and I kind of quit everything that I was doing when I relapsed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because it, it was, it was working, right. Yeah, it was working, right. Like, I mean, you might have the occasional like music and alcohol is like big together, but you're mm -hmm. definitely not the most motivated person, you no, know? No. Yeah. And, and I put everything else, you know, when I was in my relapse, I put everything else behind my use. And I was like, my, as, if I'm getting drunk, that's okay. I'll, I'll go to work in the morning uh, if I can drive. Uh, you know, uh, I'm definitely not going to this appointment because, uh, and I found an excuse why not to do things. And uh, so, so, so when I got into uh, my program, it was one of accountability and honesty. And I had to be honest with myself. And I was like, what worked for me in the past? Okay, well, music therapy worked for me in the past. Just so happens we started with ukulele. And then it's and, an entry level uh, instrument. It is an entry level it's instrument. Gate, it's the gateway. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> Yeah, and then and and then like once I grab instruments now. Yes, yes, I actually do. What you too. don't see, what you don't see behind the cameras, I got a drum set right there, and nice. I have I have a guitar right here. I've got an electric yeah. and an acoustic upstairs, and I sing a little cool. bit. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually um, so uh, I up here. I live on a military installation, and and we have the Ninth Army Band up here. And uh, I played one day with them and uh, as part of like a conjuncture thing with my music therapy program and, and theirs. And um, their band was like, dude, you're good enough to play with us. So I was like, don't feed my ego. Please don't feed my ego. They're like, no, you should play with us. And I'm like, no. And it was just because like one day, one day I had the right energy drink at the right time. And they were like, they were playing my damn song, which is sweet yeah. child of mine, which oh is sweet child God. of mine. And uh, I, I got into practice and and they're like, let's play. And I was just going at it, right? They got this big room and we were just going at it. And uh, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry if I went a little bit too hard. I'll try and tone it down. They're like, no, keep it going. We need to catch up to you. And I was like, okay. 
All right, let's do this. Yeah, so so I find yeah, I was I was going. I was and it just so happened the very next day. Well, no, two days later we had a you know, we had a performance at the VA up here and and it was just so much fun. I had a great time. Um yeah, so I I do I enjoy playing music. And you you start to find yourself like who you are in recovery. Like you mentioned you had no idea of your hobbies. I didn't I had no idea of my hobbies. I knew things I liked. Like I like professional wrestling. Um I like I'm a nerd, so I like, you know, MCU and DCU. Uh, I like music. I like collecting things, but I didn't know who I was, like, as a person uh, when I started yeah. my, jur- my journey. And uh, what were some of the programs that you were going through that, that were, like, beneficial for you? Programs. Um, so I don't like to talk, like, specifically, like, what 12 stuff that I No, no, I'm, yeah, no. Anonymity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, that helped me a lot. I did that. I well, I work for a program now. Should I talk about that? We'll get into that in a second. I'll get into it in the end. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll get into um, it. For me, it was working a twelve-step program, and then of course I found rock climbing. So that's not like a program per se, but that I I call that my medicine. So like I loved mm-hmm. music. Music is cool. I still play music. I don't really play shows anymore. I play for like my dogs for fun at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always say that I play for my dogs now. I'm not really into like, I, I always would get like crazy nauseous, like nerves. And I never like got past that. You know, when they say like, Oh, you'll eventually, I never did. And I was like, you know what? It's not for me. <laughs> um, I found rock climbing though. And that was like, that was like a come to Jesus moment for me. Yeah. It was like, it was like, it was almost like alcohol. Like I literally like cl- tried climbing and I was like, Oh my God, this is like it for me. Um, Cause when I'm climbing, I literally can't, it's, you were talking earlier about how you like, when you like have like a shit day and you watch like TikTok, sometimes it's like, exactly what yeah. you need. Mm-hmm. I can have a horrible day. And I go climbing and all of my problems go away. I like can't think about anything else. It's it's like yeah. totally in the moment, immersive. Mm-hmm. Because you're also like you're also just like climbing, right? So like you're it would be like really unsafe for you to be like thinking about like what that guy said to you at work today. Like you're just thinking like, wow, I gotta grab this next fold and this next fold, you know? And I get in like a flow state. And then there, there's just, like, so many aspects to, like, why I think climbing is so therapeutic. Because, like, one, I like climbing outside mm-hmm. on big mountains. Like, I like doing multi-pitches. I've climbed – in Yosemite, I climbed a 2,000-foot climb, which is, like, a lot. It's, like, yeah. really – that's a lot of – it's a lot of climbing. Um, it's a lot of feet. It's a lot of feet. <laughs> that's a lot of feet. <laughs> yeah. It took like 10 hours. Oh, um, crap. Yeah, crazy. And Yosemite is nuts. But I can't tell you how small you feel like when you're on a mountain like that. And you're, mm-hmm. it just like really puts in perspective how like big the world is and how little you are and how little your problems are, you know? Oh, yeah. And then also it's so easy to get caught up and like, okay, so like, so, okay, so sobriety, right? So like mm-hmm. first you got to get over what I described, like going to treatment, getting away from the people, places and things that trigger me, you know, 
figuring yeah. out how to live, figuring out a routine, but then like you're left with yourself, right? Like my issue wasn't my addiction to alcohol anymore. Now it's the fact that I'm a human being with feelings and emotions and like happiness is like, for me, happiness isn't even the goal because I feel like happiness is fleeting. It comes and goes, right? Yeah. My yeah. goal is fulfillment. You know, that yeah. is my true goal in this life. And so how am I going to be a person who's fully present? Like, I always like think in my head, have you ever seen those memes that like, uh, it's like, yeah, sex is cool, but like, have you ever tried like mowing your lawn and then like standing yeah. at? <laughs> yeah. I always yeah. think like, yeah, sex is cool, but have you ever just been present in every waking moment of your life? Because that's me. Like, I don't get to like take a break. Neither do yeah. you, right? Yeah. Like, majority yeah. of society is like getting home from work and drinking a beer to wind mm -hmm. down. I'm I'm here for all of it. So like, yeah. how can I cope with all of life's problems that it throws at me? Because when you get sober, shit still happens, man. You yeah. know? So oh, yeah. for me, it was like getting, gaining coping tools. And like a big one for me is climbing. I'm really busy right now with work. And I, I actually hadn't climbed in like 10 days, which is like way too long for me. And I literally said to my boss, I was like, Hey, I need to like take the night off from my phone and like I need to go climbing. Like it's my medicine. Like yeah. I really need this. Like I'm gonna, yeah. I know I'm not taking care of myself. Yeah. In the ways that I'm supposed to. And then of course other, I don't know, it's like not a program, but I did a lot of therapy because like clearly we, we talked about our dads. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole bunch of trauma to unpack that doesn't get cured in like 30 days of treatment. You know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it came up, you know, it came up in sobriety for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ah, and I had to address it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one thing that a lot of people don't link together. Um, and I kind of did this like model that I have in my head is like there, there's a mental health issue and then that addiction kicks around. And then because of the addiction, there's a mental health issue. And then yeah, because of that one. It's a vicious cycle and, and it takes cycle. something, it takes something to break that chain. And yeah. for me, you know, uh, it was mental, emotional, spiritual, physical. Um, and, and it was just encompassed biopsychosocial. Yeah, exactly. It, it encompassed my biopsychosocial and I, I, you know, uh, I needed therapy. I still go to therapy. I still do my counseling. I still, you know, I, I, I still do my program that worked for me because if you stop doing something that works for you, you're going to stop doing the next thing that worked for you. Then you're going to stop doing the next thing that worked for you. And then eventually everything that worked for you is going to be gone. I've seen that. I've seen that shit happen it so many changes. times. It yeah. Changes. Oh yeah, That's absolutely. Yeah. We touch on like what I do now, yeah. like five years later, like yeah. it's totally looks totally different than what I did in my first year. Yeah. I, I you know, I did order of of like being fully immersed in recovery that first yeah. year because you're so yeah. you're so fragile mm -hmm. yeah i did relapse prevention and i don't need relapse prevention anymore because i i, I learned the tools and the skills that i needed to do i did yeah. mor moral reconnation therapy and i i learned that and i'm actually a facilitator or a, i i got I don't licensed know what that to is. oh it's what another 12-step program it's another 12-step program 
Yes, but it's down. great. It's called moral it reconnation, moral reconnation therapy. And it sounds like recognition, but it's reconnation. So you're moral reconnecting to yourself. Okay. And so I'm going to Google it, that later. <laughs> ooh, ooh. It's a 12 step program. It, it was created by uh, a Dr. Robinson in Memphis, Tennessee. And yeah. uh, essentially, essentially what it does is, is a 12 step program. Um, worked out of a workbook uh the first the first step is always the hardest is admitting you have a bag of secrets and then um and then after that uh it it builds you back up and that that step one was the hardest thing i've ever done in my life hardest thing i've ever done in my life because you have to admit to things and be honest with yourself and be honest with others about things that you did that you're not proud of oh my god oh my god it was painful you know, it goes, it goes back, it goes, uh, present day back to one year, five, 10 and 20 years. Well, obviously, you know, sitting at 20 years as a kid, uh, but, but still you work through that and it, and then you give a testimony at the end of your, at the end of, of, of that session. And it's just one of the hardest things. And I got out of that first step and I was like, I called one of my mentors. I was like, dude, I don't feel any better. I was like, I feel like shit. And he was like, you should. He was like, you should. And I'm like, oh, well, Therapy we're it's yeah, like that. certain therapies, certain therapies are very, very rough. Like, you know, I did trauma induced therapy and whew, yeah. that's another beast in its own. Um, but, you know, it, it's crazy. All the different programs that you find out once you get into recovery, once you talk to other people um, and, and and a lot of people, we have a lot of the same things that, that we do in recovery, but we also have a lot of different things, you know, and, and you talked about talked about finding fulfillment me my mission in life is peace because my whole life has been chaotic just just mm -hmm. pure chaos just madness running amok i like that because one of one of my old clients was like oh i used to run amok and i was like hocus pocus like <laughs> the movie hocus pocus i thought of that yeah. right off the bat and so yeah. i use that now i used to run amok and like my life was so chaotic and now I'm in this on this quest for peace. What does peace mean to me? What does it look like to me? And so I introduce these things that I find peaceful in my life. I did meditation and, and yoga. I do meditation and yoga. That's awesome. I, I I never knew I could sit still for an hour outside of sleeping it's and just time. like be with myself. Yeah. See, for me, I it's all or nothing. Like yeah. <laughs> I have to immerse myself or not do it at all. It's and so like me too. Yeah, with the, two, with the two thousand feet of climbing. Yeah, the two thousand—that's a lot of feet, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't just climb a little bit; I climb yeah. a lot. You climb a lot, yeah, and, and and it's it's all about moderation, you know. Like, so really being with myself and really, really identifying what is what's going on in me, and and I use those in the moments that I'm in pure panic mode, where I'm just like, oh, like I'm. Just, about to hit that rage monster for you in that moment oh yeah oh yeah yeah i have to step away i have to step away and literally get away from everything like i have to get away wow. from the kids i gotta get away from the dogs and the cats so you have a strong practice then mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's yep. really good and and even if it's five minutes even if it's five minutes where i'm just there and i'm like whew, or if it's an hour and 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 like an hour is generally where i'm like I'm like, I need a lot of work, but uh, like five minutes is like, okay, I'm starting to feel that. What do you, can I ask what you like, what do you think about when you 
when you're doing that step away, like you're really mad or something and you step away. What goes away. through my head? Yeah. What do oh, you channel? Uh, so you like I, do a mantra? No. So um, I used to do the serenity prayer. It used to be the serenity prayer. I used to hold my, my, my 24 hour uh, chip in my hand, just, you know, run my hands through it, say yeah. a serenity prayer in my head, just repeat it until it went away. And that worked yeah. for me. And uh, then it evolved into, uh, I was starting into therapy and I was starting my counseling and, and just all the old wounds that I had were opening back up. And so it became this point where I was like, I just need to be with myself and figure out what's wrong. And if it, if it surfaces in that in that session that I have, then I need to identify it in counseling. Oh, like your triggers. Yeah, yeah. Like, am like I my, really mad at the dog or am I mad at like... Yeah. Well, I, had a hard, I understand. Yeah. Like I had a hard time identifying the difference between my emotions and my feelings. I thought that I could control my emotions and my feelings for the longest time. I was like, if I want to be happy... No, no. And, and, and I was That's like, I said, I, happiness go, comes and goes. You really can't yeah. control. Yeah. If, if, if I wanted, if I, I, I always thought if I wanted to be happy, I could just choose to be happy. That's not how that works. God, can you imagine if it was like that though? That'd be sick. <laughs> right. Right. And Everyone I, I would be fine. Yeah. And, and so for all my negative emotions, I always reverted to anger. It was like, it was like, if I'm sad, I'm angry. If I'm, if I'm upset, I'm angry. If I'm this, I'm angry. Sometimes even when I was happy, I was angry. And I figured out like the root of that and like why I went to that. What but is the root? The army, they teach you to get angry about anything. Yeah. And you know what they say about anger, right? Hmm. It's fear. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And yeah. like, and so, so. That. Do you, yeah. Do you, when I, you like Star yeah. Wars? Yoda yeah. says that fear turns yep. to anger, anger turns to hate, hate turns to suffering. Yeah, I I learned so like, and, and I and I ended up making a parallel back to when I was in the army because I actually just figured this out after I got out. If you were if you were running, they'd say get angry. Like you're you're running and and mm. like and like shit was, was starting motivation. to suck. Yeah, yeah. They're like get angry, or if you're on a wow. deployment. If you're on a deployment, you're about to go out on patrol and you know that some bad shit's about to happen. Get angry. Wow. No wonder so you they just released you guys back with like no aftercare at all. And then everyone's yeah. fucked up. That's so so, so you you become like I became this rage monster. And yeah. I didn't know how the people were afraid of me because I had a beard and they look at me like you look perpetually mm -hmm. angry. And I'm like, like a field of energy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I can relate to like when, when the Hulk and I, I, I make this weird parallel with the MCU, mm -hmm. but the Hulk at the end of Avengers where they said, uh, Bruce, but, uh, but, uh, you need to get angry. And he's like, the funny thing is, is I'm always angry. Mm. And that was my yeah. thing. I was always angry. There was nothing that could cure that until I got into recovery. And, and now I'm not angry anymore. I'm not, I, I, I have my moments where I get worked up, but I'm able to stop myself yeah, before I get you're to that human. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm human. I'm human. I'm, a, you know, I'm allowed to feel my feelings, my emotions. 
my rage, but don't let it get past that. If I let it get past that, like the only thing I can control is what I do with it. And I learned that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So taking it and turning it into positive. Uh, but meditation has worked out great for me. And um, and now I live I live my life in my program. And I have my days where it, <laughs> nothing works for me. And then I have my, you know, days where everything works for me, where I can just look right. at the sun and I'm like, oh, you are so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have too. Yeah, I think we all do. Um, so now. Now in your in your program and in, in recovery, what do you do now to stay sober and stay in your program? So now, okay, I now my life it's crazy. It's just gotten so good, like so good. Like things that ha- like had happened that I just never um, thought would ever happen for me. You know, like I've gotten I I'm I'm married too. I got married like two years ago. That's wild. You know, like Congrats. I never thought that like, thank you. Um, never thought. I mean, I never thought I could really maintain a healthy relationship, you know, especially mm-hmm. marriage. You probably know marriage is hard as fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah. No joke. It's, <laughs> it's work. Yeah. It's work. Um, people should be more open and honest about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not sunshine and rainbows, guys. Right? It's exactly. sometimes it's work. I think that because I was raised in like a Christian household, like it's very like normal to be like, this is your, as your woman, this is your purpose. You know what I mean? And like, like stop telling girls that dude, like they should only do that if they're like committed to the person and the work that you have to do. Cause it's like Mm -hmm. hard, but also super enriching. Um, I, so I'm married. I own a tattoo shop. I co-own a tattoo shop in South Florida. So I live in two places, which is really weird. I have a house in North Jersey and mm-hmm. I stay here like three weeks a month. And then the last week of every month I fly down to my tattoo shop and I handle like all the accounting for that. Mm-hmm. And that just like that venture came together. Just, I would just say like, God shit, man, just like moving pieces. I, um, I love it. I have like 14 artists. They're wonderful. That's why I'm so tattooed. I haven't paid for a lot of my tattoos. <laughs> Which is yeah, cool. You got a ton of tattoos, dude. I'm very tattooed. Yeah, exactly. And I'm still working on it. But yeah, that's that's part of the reason why. Um, and that's really cool. That like brings blessings in my life. Um, but a huge, huge part of my life right now is that um, my husband and I opened a treatment center in North Jersey. Nice. We started awesome. on it, working on it like two years ago. And we are officially open and running and our whole goal was that um well for him specifically he's like 10 years sober but we wanted to like create a program where like there's i mean you went to like a drug court which is like hardcore right and maybe that's like what you needed but there are so many programs and they just like all offer the same thing you know what i mean and we wanted to do something that was like a little different that like there's programs that are like wilderness programs out west where like you have you heard of them they like they like give you a week's worth of food and they're like go like survive you know and you either really take to that or you don't right you're either the person that that will work for or you don't um 
but there really are a lot of programs where they involve adventure therapy and a strong clinical component. Mm -hmm. So that's what we are. We're called moving mountains recovery. Um, we do like a strong clinical base with groups and therapy and like family sessions and all like the different, we have emotionally focused therapy. So like based on like attachment styles, if you're familiar, Mm -hmm. like your relationships, basically, how do you relate to people in the world and then post-traumatic growth. So like what you were saying with, um, taking a negative thing and making a positive, that's what post-traumatic growth is. It's just, you are traumatized and this horrible thing happened to you, but how can we use this as a strength in your life? Which I think is really cool. Um, And then we take them every Sunday and we do like really cool adventure stuff. So like, I'm obviously obsessed with rock climbing. So I love taking clients rock climbing. I think rock climbing, (laughs) I think rock climbing can like heal. I really believe that. Um, you know, and it doesn't like some people are fucking terrified. Like I've experienced that. Like some people are really terrified, but there's also something to say about trying something you're really scared to do and like moving through that fear. Like that, that is a lesson in itself. Um, and then some people love it. Some people like, you know, when you were like first sober and you were in treatment, like you definitely were like thinking about being high all the time. Yeah. Right. Like when you go on an adventure like that, they don't they don't think about it for a little bit, which is really cool to see. Like I ask them that sometimes, like, so like how like much did you like think about drinking like over the course of the last like five hours? Or like, oh, I really honestly forgot, you know, which is like weird. You're like a week mm-hmm. sober, um, snowboarding, hiking, river rafting. People don't know this, but North Jersey is actually like, Jersey has a horrible reputation because of like mm-hmm. a few of the sad cities. But there are, like, there's a whole mountainous, like, beautiful side of Jersey where I live. So we have, like, the Delaware River runs through. So I kayak down that. And it has rapids and stuff, too. So we have a bunch of stuff that we do. Um, And they can even go skydiving upon graduation because one of our uh, owners is a tandem skydive instructor. And that's his medicine. He's, like, a wild... He's a wild character. But, uh, That's he's awesome. Like a, yeah, so cool, right? Like, he literally, his day job, he, like, tandem jumps out of planes, like, 20 times a day with, like, people strapped to his chest. Damn. And he's, like, 13 years sober. He also base jumps. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Base yep. jumping? Yep. That's a solo thing. We can't do that with the clients because it's <laughs> way too high risk. Yeah. Way yeah, definitely. Yeah, but... um. So, like, I definitely, for the last, like, two years, have, like, thrown my whole life into, like, building this program that I really believe in. That mm-hmm. provides me, like, a lot of fulfillment. I love giving back. I'm really passionate specifically about, like, helping women. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really work 12 steps anymore, which is, like, kind of weird to say. I, at one point, I never thought that I would do that. But my recovery has just kind of changed over, like, the last year but i guess it does i think i just was sitting there one day and i almost felt like i don't think it, i don't know this might not be relatable but i almost felt like and i would never want to steer someone away i yeah. think that like it was what i needed for a really long time but there was just this point where i was sitting there and i just kept hearing the same things and i was like i think i need to expand my service outside do, yeah. do you know what I mean? So I've gotten oh, yeah. really involved in like volunteer work. I'm really into like trail work and mm-hmm. like 
ways to help the environment. And that's like yeah. where I've been kind of doing my service. Like I've never done community service outside of recovery. So that's been yeah. like really important to me. But like pretty much like what keeps me sober is that I just have like a really fulfilled life. Like I work hard, I play hard. Like I, I, I go climbing after work. I am going to a hardcore festival in Philly this weekend for like three days called This Is Hardcore. Nice. Yeah, I love to throw down, dude. Like, I love music. <laughs> so, like, like talk about anger. It's not even angry, but, you know, like, moshing yeah. and stuff. Like, that's yeah. fucking fun. And, like, basically, what keeps me sober is the fact, well, one, I'm at a point where, like, I, like, I think that I've rewired the neuropathways in my brain mm -hmm. to, like, to the point where, like, I don't think about, I, I haven't thought about picking up in a real years years yeah. yeah but my life is so cool and so there's so much in it that like i know that if i were to drink it would just all fall apart i would number one completely let down my tattoo shop i wouldn't be able yeah. to afford plane tickets to go down there i wouldn't be able to count the money i would definitely i would definitely mess up everyone's payroll people would be yeah. mad you know yeah um, yeah definitely wouldn't be able to run a treatment center like are you kidding me like there's so many moving parts and like one yeah. of my favorite parts is hanging out with clients like you do groups like i yeah. am a part of all of the programmatics of that um i wouldn't be climbing because climbing it takes a lot of like awareness and that would be terrifying yeah yeah one <laughs> wrong step I mean? and you're done one wrong step like i mean i personally so for the clients like we set up like safe top ropes and it's like mm -hmm. it's super safe and we have guides mm -hmm. and everything like that for myself though i'm i like to push it man like i like to you do, free like, climb yeah i do i mean i always have ropes but i it's like lead climbing there's a potential yeah. where i could like fall like 10 feet at a time like something will catch me but i like do crazy shit. but um uh, and then also my and then my relationships I would ruin all of my relationships. And I have like friendships that are amazing. I have my husband, I have my family that like trust me, you mm -hmm. know, like that's crazy. And like you were saying with like your dad, you have like a pretty good relationship with him now, even though it wasn't like always that way. Like I'm that way with my sisters who like at one point, like I kept them like, having a hard time just like sleeping for like seven years yeah you know what i mean and like yeah. i'm like it's weird i'm the person that they call for help right because i, I have my shit together dude mm -hmm. which is weird you know yeah i'm like well yeah, that would is. go away so like is drinking appealing to me today no way like no. like i can't e you can't even compare it and it just gets better like there's only yeah. going to be like cooler stuff around the corner and then, like, mm -hmm. the bad things that do happen, like, uh, you know, God, like, a really big lesson for me for a long time when I got sober was, it was actually around three years sober, mm -hmm. was my life started to get good. My first year felt like a struggle. Like, it felt like a struggle. And yeah. I didn't really gain any sort of financial security at all until about three years. It took a really long time because I started from nothing, right? Yeah. Um, and like I started to build these re really meaningful relationships. I was like exceeding at work and working in treatment. I worked from the bottom up. 
um, as yeah. like an entry level tech and then the mm-hmm. groups and the alumni and then case management. Now I'm doing what I'm doing now, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I became obsessed with the fear of losing what I had. And mm-hmm. then I kind of realized that the only answer is that the truth is, is I have no control over what happens or the future. Oh, like yeah. I, I, my husband could die in a car crash tomorrow, knock on wood. But like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I have no control over that. But like yeah. the truth is, is that I have like this extreme confidence in the fact that I know that, that the universe has given me all the tools I need to handle everything that life throws at me. And then I can get so I can stay sober through them all, which is yeah. really cool. And that like, that's like really like all I need. And then if I can like, if I can like instill that in the people that I meet that are struggling of like how good it can get, you know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. like, you're going to be okay. Cause that's like what we want, you know? Yeah. That's everything to me. That just oh, like absolutely. makes me feel so good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You talked about, you know, um, moving out of, out of the 12 step programs and I can relate to that. And it's not that the 12 step programs aren't great. Like they are. They're great. They're amazing. They're great. Some people need them for their whole life and, you know, more power to them. Some people need them for a time period. You know, for me, I still go back every once in a while because there's something that I feel I need to hear. And, and generally, yes. generally I'm going for a reason. And, I think uh, that it's really good to not be like resentful or be like, oh yeah, like never again. I'm like really open to like, if like let's say like let's say I keep saying the car crash analogy. If something really terrible happened to me, I would go right back to those rooms because yeah. that is a safe zone, and I know that you know I'm mm-hmm. open to that. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's really cool to pick up your medallions, yeah, yearly to show that it works. I love that. Well, I got them right here. Hell yeah! They sit right behind me with my peer, my peer support uh, certification. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you said um, that that you know um, that there's not a need for you to go back, and and if there was, then hey, it's there for you. And I I believe in not holding resentments whatsoever. You know, for me, there was nothing that happened with my home group that I'm like, yeah, don't need to go back. Um, I love my home group. Uh, I got sober during the pandemic, so that was a little bit extra hard. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, life, life changed. So, like, I started going in, uh, you know, I was in person and the pandemic happened and then it was mm-hmm. all over Zoom and none of the, none of the groups in Anchorage were doing Zoom at that time. So I was like, oh, shit, I've got to yeah. really do some research. And it just so happened I stumbled on this group that's out of uh, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. And they're right in the Bible belt. I, myself, I'm not Christian. I don't believe in God, but they accepted me for who I was. Right. And they so didn't judge cool. me for it. They didn't judge we me for it. friends across the state. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that group really helped usher me into who I am today and, like, and like bring me into that. And, uh, and so I, I really... You know, I, I advocate for people if they say, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about getting sober. I'm like, start out on a 12-step program. And they're like, well, I don't like the concept of AA. And I'm like, well, you, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, they say I don't like the concept of NA or AA. And I'm like, that's that's okay. 
That's yeah. okay. Try it. Try it. Try it. And if you don't like it, there's no yeah, harm, no and foul. I think that there's many. I think there's many roads to recovery. There's like 29 pathways believe. to recovery. I, I do believe that. I I really. It's do. insane. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know. So different too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I I know that. You know, I know what worked for me may not work for Joe Joe Schmo down the road. And, uh, and it, and, and so like, you know, when people say, you know, what helped get you, get you sober, I, I say this helped me get sober, but it may not work for you. And I'm not saying that, that because it worked for me, that it's going to work for you. You have to find what works for you. Um, because some people don't like being preached at some people don't, you know, some, some people like the human connection. Some don't, you know, I'm okay right now where I'm at in my life, where I have, uh, the amount of human connection that I have um, because I am retired. Uh, my wife works all the time. I have to be a stay at home dad on top of doing this on top of providing my support. So my, my level of human interaction is perfect for me right now. And, yeah. and the connection is perfect for me right now. Not saying that it's going to be perfect a year from now, mm -hmm. but I love what I do. Um, I love my life now. Um, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you were talking about skydiving and doing some of the more extreme stuff. I, when I was in the army, dude, those red berets, I was, I was a paratrooper. I used to jump out, out of airplanes, dude. Really? And like, yeah. It's awesome. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let you keep that. Um, I was terrified. I'm terrified of heights, you know? And so like, yeah. so for me, I, it was, it was the mind, the mind over matter thing. And uh, so that door would open and a million things would rush in my brain. Is my main going to deploy? If it doesn't, does my reserve deploy? You know, right. do I have do I have my life insurance set up to the right person? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and oh that's my that, God. that kind of thing really just, and luckily none of those worst case scenarios happened. I did have a really bad jump where I had a really bad concussion and that's kind of what helped get me out of the army. But because of those opportunities, I was able to face a lot of the fears that I have. Um, there's still my fears that I have like now, but they're not as strong and they're not life consuming. Yeah. They're not life consuming. I used to have this like crippling fear of death, right? Where I oh, would, I would sit there and I'd, I'd obsess over it and I'd be like, Oh my yeah. God. And I would live this, this, like this harm reduction lifestyle where I'd be like, I'm not going to go outside because the sun is cancerous. And, and, and if I, if I, dude, the sun is one of the best forms to cure depression. Love it. I know, yeah. right? I think that's yeah. part of the reason why I like climbing too, is I'm like outdoors, just the outdoors yeah. in general. Yeah. So true. Yeah. That's so funny too, to like have such a strong fear of death when you mm -hmm. used to be an alcoholic, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, I definitely put my life at risk many times when I was in my right. addiction, but 100%. I get, I get sober and I'm like, Oh my God, this is my worst fear ever. It's dying. I feel like I'm not going to drive anymore. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to drive anymore. I'll strictly bike, but hold on. What if I pull a hamstring and I'm in the middle of the road on my bike? <laughs> I could get hit by a car. It's crazy. It's mad. It's madness that, yes, yeah, yeah. madness the things that enter into our brain. And, yeah. and but, um, you know, um, so I love the where I'm at in life. And you were talking about going, you were talking about going to a hardcore show. What music are you listening to now? Um, yeah, so I listen to some hardcore, like I, I like this band Drain. They're like a California hardcore mm -hmm. vibe. 
Um, this is hardcore festival in Philly. It's like a ton of bands. I don't know all of them. A lot of them are some of like those old eighties and nineties hardcore bands. Um, where I am in the Northeast though, it's like a huge music scene. And then I also listen to like, I listen to a lot of indie music. Uh, I lo- listen to pop punk. And then I even will like listen to like Drake, dude. Like I'm kind of like <laughs> shameless now. Like I kind of, cause now I'm 29 and I'm getting closer to 30. So now I just like, don't give a fuck what people think about me as much. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. So like, I just like, enjoy what i enjoy you know i have some guilty mm-hmm. pleasures but i don't feel guilty about them like yeah sometimes i listen to that yeah no my musical taste is is insane you know because music's All been a big part of my life my music has been a big part of my life for pretty much my whole life when i was in high school i was in the marching band and i loved it i had a great time yeah. i actually went on youtube and i was looking up a bunch of like drum course stuff and I messaged one of my buddies I was in marching man with. I was like, dude, I miss this so much. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, yeah, I do too. And, and it's just one of those things. It's like an adrenaline rush, like the roar of the crowd, all that stuff that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when, when it comes to my musical taste um, and I, I do my, my live thing on TikTok and I play music in the background, I got this gym playlist. I don't even go to the gym anymore. Um, but like I have this gym playlist and. Some people come in there and they're like, oh, play this band. I'm like, we're going to – I'm sticking to this playlist because, like, right now this is what I'm comfortable with. It has, like, like Godsmack, Deadpool – or not Deadpool, Drowning Pool. And then it even goes as far as, like, as like T-Pain. And, like, yeah. like, like T-Pain and Lil Wayne. And, 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 he's so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. See, I've and, never seen his, his, like, live performances. Like, he couldn't do, like, acoustic sets. So he has a beautiful voice. Who, T-Pain? Yeah. No, does. I have not. I'm gonna oh, send wow. it to you. Okay, I'm yeah, that sounds good. Um yeah. and, and and like and then I got like I, I said I'm not Christian, but I got like other bands like Skillet and I've got like Demon Hunter on there. Uh, and then <laughs> Lamb of God and it's just like all yeah. immersed. And and everyone's like, Your music taste is very wide. And I'm like, that's not even the touch of it. I like country music. <laughs> <laughs> I like country music. It all depends on my mood. I love it all. It, yeah, I just I just stumbled into Morgan Whalen and I'm like, holy crap, dude, you touched a bit of my emotions. I didn't know we're there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so um yeah, music has been a huge part of my life for, for so long. And 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 now I'm in my life in recovery. I actually got this really cool opportunity at the end of the month. And and I get to go down to Nashville and cool. I get to go talk in front of six thousand people about my story wow at at the uh at at uh the national uh it's the national association of drug court professionals so it's a bunch of judges lawyers lawmakers um program coordinators all throughout the country that are coming together and they're talking about recovery and this is the first time this is the first time in 2022 that we're having a a national alumni group there, and I'm I'm a founding member of our national alumni program for the therapeutic courts or drug courts. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and it, and and That's so crazy. Yeah, we got we got Alaska. We have people from New Mexico, Nevada, Texas, Georgia, and Maine already in our group, and and so. We're really working on on the connection part of it and, and trying to reform a lot of the laws that were criminalizing people in recovery. 
So for instance, I, yeah, yeah, I hate it. About this. Yeah, I hate we, it. yeah, we have so no, so our stuff. our state alumni, our state alumni, we go and we all we lobby in Juno. Um yeah. to to our lawmakers, to our senators, our our governor a, a, about reforming some of this, so much so that a lot of our a lot of our um older alumni are known by first name basis in Juno. Yeah. And they go down there and the senator's like, hey, how are you doing today? How, you know, how is X, Y, and Z? And it's just beautiful to see that happening now and to see um, that happening. So, for instance, like um, we got uh, we got DUIs or uh, or felony DUIs um, reduced for people that are in therapeutic courts. So there used wow. to be a life. There used to be a lifetime ban on, on on people who have felony DUIs, and and so now we we have uh, not myself, but um, a gentleman by the name of Ron Wilson and Steve Corvin and and uh, Carlos Diaz went down to Juno and and they spoke and they said, hey, look, people in recovery were people too. We made mistakes, and that's not the portion of our life that we're in now, and, and the portion that we're in our life now is giving back to the community that we used to take from. And so senators and lawmakers uh, passed it where if you enter into a therapeutic court, it gets reduced down to a misdemeanor and um, and you have the option to get your your license back. You have to get a limited license first and then you get your uh, regular license back. But we have we have guys and gals that have two and three felony DUIs who have been through therapeutic courts that now have a license and they're That's living a life crazy. of recovery. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. The yeah. only thing is weird. I've always heard about drug court. It's really hard to be successful in it too, you know. Um, except for you, yes. I, you're my success story. Oh, uh, so yes and no. Um, it's all about surrender, right? So when when we get into a program, right? So you did your twelve step program. I did my twelve step yeah. program. You do other programs. It's all about surrender. If you surrender to the program and to s surrender to the way that it it works and you work it. It works. So, for instance, uh, for me, when I went into when I went into veterans court, I went in with the intention of of this is where I need to be in my life. I'm going to take everything that I can from this. Goal. Yeah, yeah. I said I'm going to take everything that I can from this program, and and I'm going to incorporate it into my life. And no joke, every day I was doing something, whether it was whether it was a twelve step meeting or multiple twelve step meetings. Um, if it was if it was going to a relapse prevention class, a uh, more reconnation therapy, um, whether it was um, whether it was going to counseling, I was always doing something to fill my time. And then when it when when all that was done and I was with myself, I could fill myself with with self care and really yeah. immerse myself into recovery as a lifestyle. And I had support and I had people that supported me. And sure, life got hard. Trust me, life got hard. I wasn't allowed to be around my family for seven, eight months. Um, yeah. You know, and, and there was, you know, there was times even after I graduated where life kind of was rough for me. Um, but right. in, my, in my life right now, I'm great. You know, I got out of therapeutic court and I was like, I don't know where I fit in. And 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 I don't know who I am as a person. And because, you know, for these nine months, I've been work in a program where somebody's told me what I have to do now, I have to figure so out intense. what I need yeah. to, what, what I need to do for myself to stay sober. 
and to stay clean and 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 not revert back to the way that I was because I know who I am. I know that if something happens, I have that fallback. But now that fallback is is detrimental to me. And I know that if I go back to that, I'm going to die. Like straight up, there's no right. more incarceration for me. I'm I'm done. And, and yeah. that's not what I want. That's not what I want for my life and what anybody wants for my life. So that's where enter into the peer support stuff comes in. And, and, and um, that gave me a sense of purpose. And now, now I live to stay sober for myself, but I live to stay sober because other people depend on me to be sober. You know, I have to show up and I have to be available. And if, if I, if I, if I don't show up, then um, I'm promoting that to other people that I'm with. You know, if I don't show up to my groups and I'm promoting that and, and, and it's okay. Cause you know, Sean didn't show up, so I'm not going to show up today. So I have to live yeah. the life of recovery and, 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 and really give myself that motivation to keep going. And, and, and some days are easier than others. You know that some days For are sure. easier than others, but some days are a lot harder than others. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So um, real quick before we wrap up the show. Yeah. Uh, what suggestion or advice would you give to somebody that's going through what they're going through? Uh, yeah. that, that's inactive addiction. That's that's kind of like on the fence about going getting into recovery, but uh, hasn't hasn't made that step yet. What would you tell? Oh, my advice. I mean, I always say, I usually always tell people that like they need to reach out to somebody, you know, like if, if, if you connected with me on this podcast, reach out to me. You know what I mean? If you like, feel like Sean is someone that like you can relate to reach out to Sean, you know, like talk to somebody who went through it. That's like, and I can tell you exactly what I did and what worked for me, you know, and then obviously to just be open-minded is like huge open-mindedness and not and not be afraid to like ask for help because like obviously neither one of us did this like completely but on our own and that all and also like i'm giving like three things and also that sobriety is so cool yeah (laughs) i want people to know that sobriety is is like cool and it's fun and i really wouldn't want to live any other way so hopefully that convinces somebody <laughs> I, from us. you know uh you know you said sobriety is cool and and i've had people come to me since i've been sober say we miss the old sean i'm like oh so you met you, you, you. i've never I was like, had anyone say that to me <laughs> i didn't get mad about it i didn't get upset yeah. i didn't get aggressive yeah. but i was like i was like so you 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 like that drunk piece of shit that that would steal from you and would would would, right? would take would, would take your time and 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 would yeah. make an ass of himself and and all these you miss that you you, you miss that because yeah. uh, I don't I don't I don't yeah, miss that like, guy you like yourself today you yeah love I love who I am today. yeah me Hell too yeah. love Hell it yeah, I love my I, I within confines I mean I'm not egotistical but I love no, who I am I don't think that's what people how would people would no. take it it's like pretty cool no. I know that anybody's struggling with like alcoholism or substance use there's like a self-loathing with that so the idea that someone can say like they like themselves is pretty cool yeah and it was a lot of work to get here you know to love myself yeah but they're capable they're able to do it 
Yes. All right. So, so where can we find you, Rachel? Okay. So you can, I need to, so I'm going to like, that's actually what I'm going to work on after this is make like a little link tree link on yep. my TikTok. So my mm -hmm. TikTok is manic moss frog. <laughs> it's just funny. I've seen that. I was like, what? Well, I know. I just thought it was funny. Um, manic moss frog, but also my, my Instagram is Ray Fletchy. Maybe we could like put, maybe I can just send you the contacts, but like, yep. honestly, you can like DM me or something. It's cool. I'll post yep. a little link tree so people can like contact me more easier. That sounds good. And then of That's course my program's called Moving Mountains Recovery. Moving mm -hmm. Mountains Recovery. It's www.movingmountainsrecovery.com. And we're in North Jersey Center Therapy Program. Really cool. Sounds sick. That would you would see you would be with me climbing, <laughs> climbing stuff. Not two thousand feet, but Maybe like 50 feet. That's, that's a lot of feet. That's a lot of feet. Ah! <laughs> I know your height. Your height. Okay, we'll keep yeah. it at like 10, 10 feet and then we'll go. Hey, you know there. what? I'll put my foot on a rock and we'll call it good. All right. I'll take that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just hike. We'll hike. Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. You could you could you could still get the same out of it with hiking. <laughs> I don't trust myself to climb up a mountain, a climb, you know, rock climb that much. I'm gonna yeah. get to a point where I where I look down, I'm like, I've been that far. Uh, and then you freeze. <laughs> you freeze. I've seen that. Mm. I have seen that. Yep. I'm yep. I'm pretty good at talking people through stuff, though. Yeah. 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 That. Well, that's that's a conversation for another time. For another day. For another day. Rachel, I want to thank you so much for being on this show and thank you for uh, for hanging out with me and with us for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And everybody that's watching, thank you for hanging out with us for a little bit and, and listening to Rachel's story and about us uh, talk about recovery and, and how life is so much different now than it used to be. Mm -hmm. So, and it does get better. We do recover. So. Thank awesome. you guys. Thank you. Much love, y'all. Be good.